0: our study but uh and we're going to get back to first samuel here in a bit but we want to turn to a scripture in jeremiah jeremiah 15 thank you for your prayers pray for me pray for your pastor praise the lord i need that praise god we uh you can help so much by just praying for me father thank you for your word Thank you for the truth, Lord. Your word is truth. Lord, I'm convinced so often so many people that call themselves your children are more interested in their own opinions than your word, God. Help us to yield ourselves, submit ourselves to your word. Help us, Lord, to learn it. Lord, to just feast on it, God, and let it be a part of us. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this church and in our lives God, I'm asking you to help us. Give us understanding. Give us an ear to hear. Give us hearts that are ready to receive it and lives that will do it, God. We give you all the glory, all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 15, uh, verse 1 says, Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, Yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight. Let them go forth. God bless you. You can be seated. We'll get back to that in a minute. I want to talk about this study a little bit. I don't know how clear I made it. This is our fourth time in First Samuel. We're going to take a little bit of time. I'm not sure how many weeks this is going to be. We're just going to obey God. You pray that God would direct us. But as I read through First and Second Samuel... And even in the 1st and 2nd Kings, I, I see things that I believe can really help us and things that I have seen from my own walk with God that can help us be leaders. And you might say, well, I'm no leader. I believe God's called us to be leaders. He told His people, I've called you to be kings and priests. Amen. Uh, you say, well, what kind of position could I hold? Get that out of your mind. I'm talking about having a maturity in your life that is an influence. God would affect your life in such a way that when you pray, there's going to be some spillover into other people's lives. Your prayers will affect, amen, other people around you. Amen your presence in the house of God, your life outside of the house of God would affect others. Amen. That's real leadership. Amen. A lot of people can say a lot of words maybe, and, but there's another something altogether different when we can influence others for God's kingdom. Amen. That something about God in you affects the atmosphere around you. That there are people in your family that need Jesus. Amen. And something about your walk with God and the fruit that you bear is going to affect them. People around you at your job. You're going to influence them. People around in the church. The church needs people that are leaders in the pew. Leaders that people can say, you know what, when I grow up I want to be like them people that are weak, people that are hurting, people that are young in God that you're an example. Amen. That you influence people. That you encourage just by your example people to walk closer to God. Amen. I I see a lot in this world today. See, we are we're under a challenge. We really have a challenge. It's difficult. We're almost thinking about the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in a land that was pagan. They were in a culture that was anti-God. Amen? But hear me now. When that culture said, you're going to be more like us than like your God wants you to be, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood... But they watched a lot of their brothers and sisters bow. We're living in a culture that is completely against the things of God. Amen. It's ungodly. It's unholy. It's anti Christ. Amen. But sadly, there's a lot of people calling themselves Christians that are bowing to that culture. They're bowing. We're called to be salt, we're called to be light. The Christian cannot be bland. Hello? We, we cannot be watered down and diluted. Amen. We've got to show the difference to this day, this generation that we're living in. It's not enough for us to be able to stand up and say, Hey, they're doing it wrong and they don't have what we have and it's a shame. See that? We've got to affect change. We are called to be the difference, to be that salt, to bring that flavor. To bring the power of God to your job. To bring the power of God to your home, to your family, to your neighborhood. Amen. We not, we can't water it down. What good is salt if it has no flavor? What good is salt? How are you going to salt salt? He says, you're the flavor. You're the difference. You're the one that's supposed to make the change. And there's too many people in church bowing so scared. I, I don't want to make waves. I don't, want to, I don't want to cause any trouble. And they just bow down to the false gods of this day. Amen. But it's time we stand up. It's time we be different. It's time we don't worry about what people think about us, but we walk and follow God and say, I want you to have what I have. I want you to know God like I do. I want to show you something that you don't have. I want to live a life where you can see the Holy Ghost in me. Amen. They can see a change. They can see a difference in us. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Listen, God bless you. Thank you for that. Uh, We're living in a day. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of problems. A lot of people struggling. Amen. But no matter what you're going through, God's called us to be the change. God's called us to be the difference. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's why we've been looking here in... uh, in uh, 1 Samuel, we're talking about with a heart. I might not just mention this every service, but we're, we're looking at how we can be this influence in, the, in these. Amen. Looking at how we can be that, the church that affects this generation. Amen. Amen. Looking at how we can be more effective in God. How effective are you? say well I've done some things here and here and here or can you sustain that can you be that that there's a stability in you that you're, you 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 God can rely on you God can count on you you're walking in the spirit and the spirit is in you amen we uh we talked about Hannah that was our first one and we can learn from Hannah who said I I, I'm not satisfied unless I can pass this on to somebody else. I'm not satisfied with a barren womb. Amen. I'm not satisfied as a child of God. I can learn from Hannah. Lord, I want to. I want to be doing Your will. I, I want to. I want to see something produced in the Spirit. Amen. I want to see somebody saved. I want to see somebody that that doesn't know God turn to God. Amen? I want to have that kind of prayer that touches God and God can pour His Spirit through me and say, hey, there's somebody I want them to see what you have. I want them to see me in you. Amen? We talked about in our second week, we talked about Eli. And in Eli, we learned that In our lives, as the children of God, sometimes there's some bad situations. If you're waiting for ideal circumstances to happen before you start doing something for God, that's not, God doesn't need that. God can work in your situation and He will bring about change. You start praying. You start reaching out to God. You start doing what you can right where you are. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for something else to happen. You start doing all you can today and watch God change some situations. When people are sitting back and complaining and saying, you know what? The uh, glory of the Lord is departed. God was talking to a young man named Samuel. God was telling, talking, getting a young man ready to be a leader. He was teaching him. It wasn't gonna happen overnight, but he was teaching him how to hear from God. Teaching him how to be sensitive to God. Don't despise the day when God's just taking you to school. Don't get discouraged and say, why, why me? Because you're not doing more than you feel like you should be doing. Keep on learning. Keep on digging in and being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. God will, God will refine your spirit and your heart. You might have a lot of knowledge. You might know the Bible better than a lot of folks you know. But there's a lot more to it than just head knowledge. There's a learning of how to walk in faith. There's a learning how to be sensitive to the Spirit. There's a learning, praise God, how to have compassion. Amen. Amen. Last time we talked about the ark of God in the house of Dagon. And we told you that God is bigger than your adversary. That even though the Philistines thought they're going to bring that ark into Dagon's presence, Dagon's going to have to bow. The devil's not going to stand against you. you got to understand, praise God, when God has a plan in your life, everything's going to work together for good. God's not challenged by the devil. God's not challenged. You know everybody that came against Jesus? Think about it. We've talked about it. We're going to have communion later on this this uh, this month. I got to thinking one night, and I've shared this with most of you, thinking about the evil, demonic mind of a man that said, you know what would be funny? I'm going to get some of these thorns. And I'm going to braid them together and make a crown to mock this man. Who knows how he tore up his hands? Who knows how how he just laughed through them piercing his own hands, thinking this is going to be a hoot. This is going to be great. I'm going to push that down on him. You know how freely that forehead is going to bleed all over his face? This is going to be a riot when we, we just just thrust this down. He went through, and you know what? They were just fulfilling prophecy. Right. They were doing everything Right in order where God was getting away to bear the curse of the ground, the thorns and the thistles that it was bearing, the, the, the sickness as they beat His back bloody and flayed it open with those cat tails. Amen. It was all to pay the price for your sins. Those Roman soldiers couldn't do anything against the plan of God and neither can anybody in your life. You can blame it on people. You can say they got in the way. Nobody's getting in the way when God has it in store. He's going to bring it to pass His way, His time. Amen. It's always going to be right. Amen. So God's bigger than your challenger. Number four, we want to talk today about Samuel. I'm going to start here in Jeremiah. People of God in Jeremiah, they were getting ready to... They had sinned so much... You know, some of, their, some of their sins, the prophets would come and say, you're worse than the heathens. You've, done, you've sinned worse than the, than the people that aren't even my children. And I think it's because it hurts more when it's your children. Amen? When God's children know better, and they forsake Him, betray Him, it breaks His heart. and he was so fed up and so ready to to bring babylon in to carry them out of that land destroy their wall destroy their temple he worked on them and worked on them sent jeremiah and so many of the prophets but the time came where it was just going to be fulfilled they were going to get chastised by babylon and i read it this morning in my own reading the end of second corinthians or second chronicles rather it ends where the Nebuchadnezzar's coming in and tearing it up. He's tearing down their temple, he's tearing down their wall. But Second Chronicles ends by saying Cyrus raised up and said, Who's going to go back into the land and build this temple again and build the wall again? He he's a God of hope. Even in anger, he says the psalmist says, Remember mercy. But this time God is and if you read through Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah and some of the prophets, there's a lot of, a lot of pronouncements against sin, a lot of anger, a lot of wrath, a lot of judgment. But you read it, it's it's like, some sometimes it just seems like maybe three, four, five verses of, oh you're gonna, you're gonna pay for your sins. I'm so angry with you. And then all of a sudden you say, just come on back home, just come on and repent. Just, you know you can change all this right now. You know, even when God is telling him all this angry judgment prophecies, he didn't have to tell him all that. He could have just done it. He could have just said, forget it, Jeremiah. Don't go tell him Nebuchadnezzar. Go get him. Right? But every time you read a prophet saying judgment's coming, that's mercy. That's the warning. Amen? Jonah was told 40 days, you're going you're gonna to be destroyed. But Jonah said, I knew when I was in my own country that if they repented, you'd change your mind. I knew it. I didn't want to go tell them because I knew if they really humble themselves, and they did. So in Jeremiah 15, this is what they're dealing with. They're dealing with a time where God said, OK, it's going to happen. The deadline has been crossed. God has a way of reaching over his deadline sometimes, though. He did that in Nineveh for Jonah. Well, not for Jonah, but for the Ninevites in Jonah. But he said, it's enough, it's done. And he says, I'm so tired of your rebellion that even if Moses stood before me and prayed, even if Samuel stood before me and cried out, it still would happen. I want to start by spending a little time talking about Samuel. Samuel's going to be a key key figure for the next few weeks, Lord willing. But Samuel is the kind of man that God put on the same level of influence of heaven. See, you can influence heaven. All right. Amen. Amen? Why would God say of Moses or Samuel? Because they had a connection. And it wasn't just a gift. It, they, they developed that connection through their consecration to God. Samuel had a walk with God, a relationship with God that God put on the level of Moses. Yeah. And said, even if Samuel stood that, that meant Samuel had some some prayers. Samuel Samuel had a way with God that God took his. You know, God. You know, maybe there's somebody you might not think this sounds real good, but I'm gonna say it anyway. There might be some people you really listen to, and this is gonna come down uh, later on in this. You really listen when they speak. Other people they speak, and you're like, okay, okay, right? Are you done yet? <laughs> they don't take it very seriously. Because their walk doesn't match their talk. Amen. And they think you ought to just... Just because they say it, that ought to be gospel. But it's not if you don't walk it. Samuel had a walk that God listened to. Amen. Amen. Samuel had a walk that that God put on a level as Moses. And you know when Moses walked into the presence of God and said, You know what, God... I know you have every right to be angry with them. But God, have mercy on them nonetheless. Because of your namesake, He would say sometimes. Don't let the enemy say you pulled them out of Egypt just to kill them in the wilderness. God, have mercy on them. And if you have to be mad at somebody, be mad at me. That was Jesus in in Moses, wasn't it? That was the Spirit of God in Moses being an intercessor saying, let the anger be on me. That's exactly what Jesus did. Hallelujah. You'll see, and we're going to see this as we go through some of this, Samuel was not a people pleaser. He loved people. He loved people. When Saul backslid, he was up all night long praying for Saul. He cared about Saul when Saul was filled with a devil. Amen. God had to tell Samuel, stop praying. Go anoint David. Amen. He cared for people, but he wasn't a people pleaser. He loved people, but he wasn't going to allow himself to lose any sleep when people didn't agree with him. He was going to obey God. He was a man that heard from God, knew how to hear from God, and made the decision to serve God. When he told Saul... That the Amalekites have to, their day of judgment has come. You need to execute God's righteous judgment on the Amalekites. Saul kind of did a partial obedience, if you will. And Samuel stepped in and said, Have you obeyed God? Saul said, Well, I went to obey God, but I had this idea that I was going to do this for God. And he said, To obey is better than sacrifice. He said, I left the king alive. And this old man, he was an elderly man when this was going on. Samuel goes up to King Agag. And Agag says, surely the anger of blood is past. And Samuel said, you've left children motherless and fatherless. You've made widows. And today your children are going to be fatherless. And the Bible says he hewed Agag to pieces before the Lord. Because that was God's commandment. And he wasn't afraid of, did it right before God and the king. Because he was ready to obey God with, 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 with a pure heart. Amen. His children didn't obey God, but he said, I'm going to obey God anyway. Amen. You don't see Samuel going easy on his children. But Samuel said, I'll obey God when my family doesn't obey God. Amen. I'll obey God when people turn against me. I'll obey God because he was a man who had a heart for God. And he served God. And he served God's people. First Samuel, we kind of started talking about this. Let's turn to 1 Samuel. We need to have a heart for God. We need to have a heart to to please God before anything else. You know, a lot of things that are going on in the world in the name of Christ are really just to please people more than just really find the will of God. It's so much easier to just say, well, we'll let it go. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We want to let it go. We don't want to offend anybody. But Samuel didn't want to offend God. First Samuel 3 talks about him as a young man growing up in God. Verse 19. Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. We started talking a little bit about this. I think a lot. The Bible says your, your idle words will be judged before God. You know this Bible says a lot about our words. Samuel was a man who chose his words wisely. Samuel was a man that took what He said seriously. Therefore, God took what He said seriously. Amen. I tell you, sometimes we like to try to come up with excuses where we are not accountable for the things we say. Well, I have some struggles. I have some battles. Don't we all? Amen. But we expect other people not to say things that are hurtful or unreasonable. Amen. Well, I struggle. Can I tell you something? You need to have an overcoming, amen, victory in God. Well, praise the Lord. Child of God, whatever tries to bring you down, whatever tries to discourage you, you can call it depression, you can call it anxiety, you can call it whatever you want. You're accountable for your actions and your words. Amen. I'm not saying people don't have battles. Amen. Amen. But you can't just say, hey, here's what's wrong with me, so I said some things I shouldn't have said. You're accountable for it. If you mean to your wife, God hears that. If you mean to your husband, God hears that. If you mean to your kids, God hears that. If you mean to your pastor, God hears that. Amen. If i mean to you, God hears it. That's true. And you can say, well, I was having a bad day. You don't know what I've been going through. You said it. Amen. Samuel did not let any of his words fall to the ground. He chose his words. You need to learn that you can do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Something that we, we ought to mean. You know what? When you say something encouraging, it ought to carry weight. Praise the Lord. When you try to bless somebody, you know this is true. Some people try to say the right thing at the right time, and sometimes it really touches you, bring tears to your eyes. Other people, well, you know, they just probably thought it was a good thing to say at that time. Do your words carry weight? That's up to you. Amen. We used to hear the story years ago about the boy who cried wolf, right? Nobody took him seriously because everything was a big disaster. Then when a disaster came, nobody believed him, and it was too late. Right? Samuel had a way with his words that God took seriously. Amen. God hears your voice. God hears your words. God hears your promises to Him. Should He take you seriously? That's heavy, I know. Well, praise the Lord. When Samuel came into town to anoint David as king, people people walked careful what's going on i hope everything's all right oh no we're just coming to worship god got a plan okay amen they didn't they knew he was he was a man who was serious about what he did amen he didn't let any of his words fall to the ground god will back you up. i believe i can tell you show you a lot of scriptures in the new testament that Jesus Himself said, you know what, you make the decision, you follow my principles, and I'll back you up. Amen. I'll be in your midst. Where two or three are making it, I'll be in their midst. I will agree when you agree. Amen. He told us, praise God, to pray. Does I'm telling you, you say, I wish I could see more miracles. I believe Jesus is thinking, I wish... I could take their prayers more seriously. They say so much all day long, and then all of a sudden want to call on me as a holy God when all kind of unholy cursings, unholy actions, unholy tearing down all day long. And then I'm supposed to say, oh, I'm listening, listen. Samuel, his words mattered. His words matter to people. His words matter to God. If you're going to grow in God, you remember Abram standing on the mountain saying, God, if there's 50 righteous, you won't destroy the righteous with the wicked. God, if there's 40 righteous, if there's 30 righteous, if there's 10 righteous, and God's paying attention to Abraham. Lot says, come on, guys, we're getting out of here. God appeared to me. God sent angels. He's going to destroy this land. And they said he was like one who mocked. Amen. They could not take him seriously. That was his. That was his fault. You say those rebellious sons-in-laws of him that couldn't. No, Lot didn't have a reputation. Amen. You need a reputation to say what you mean to I me. Mean, the Bible says, "Let your yea be yea, let your nay be nay." You don't have to say. I'm, on, I'm gonna, honestly. Let me tell you something honestly. Well, why didn't you start being honest before? Yeah, right? Amen. When you say this the way it is, it's not fabricated. It's not a lie. It's not kind of, sort of, maybe the truth. God takes notice of people who mean what they say. Samuel took his word seriously, and so did God. First Samuel 12 Well, praise God. Should we just stop now and all crawl to the altar? I'll tell you, Church. I've been praying about this for myself. I didn't even put it together when I was preaching tonight, but Saturday night during that prayer meeting, I said, "God, I want to. I I, want to do better. I want to say, I want to speak in sincerity." I don't want to just say what comes to my mind, I want to say things that are words that are fitly spoken. Amen. I want people to know when I'm excited or when I'm proud of them or I'm or I'm disappointed that that it means something. It's not just first thing came to my mind. Just dumping out of my mouth. I want God to work. There's word there's power. There's power in your words. Look what it says in First Samuel 12. This is. Let's move on. Lord willing. First Samuel 12, verse 23. This kind of comes after my next point, but I want it to. I, I want to show this that he was being rejected. Samuel was their leader, really. First um, Samuel comes on the heels of Judges, the time of the judges. And and the time of Judges, the leadership was, was lacking, to say the least. You had some amazing feats of battle and victories and people calling on God, but the people who were judging Israel were, were flawed, <laughs> to say the least. Um, people like Samson and Jephthah. And, and uh, Samson just seemed like you know he always had this vengeful spirit, lustful spirit. God wanted to use him, but he just never really submitted himself fully to God. Jephthah was rash. Jephthah made vows and said things like, "Hey, I'm going to do this for God," and then, and then look at how what kind of mess he got himself in. And that was just that kind of messed up situation. Judges is a time where 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 people are doing, everyone's doing that which is right in their own eyes, and they're calling. On, God, but it's, but then Eli is judging Israel and he's a mess. But then Samuel steps in and, uh, and they reject Samuel. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but Samuel tells them in first Samuel 12 verse 23, moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord. How in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Samuel, if you read this context, we're going to talk about it a little bit here in a bit, but he, he's at a low point. But he says, listen to me, I, I, I'm not going to sin against God. I'm going to still pray for you. This isn't personal to me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help you even when you're not doing right. Hey, too so many times people in church, play the judge, jury, and executioner. We ought to just be loving people and serving people and praying for people. They were getting ready to make a very poor choice. And Samuel said, I'm not going to sin. I'm going to keep praying for you. Samuel had a prayer life that went beyond his personal feelings. Amen. He wasn't on his knees saying, get him, God. <laughs> he wasn't on his knees saying, God, look how they treated me. Look what they did to me. No, he's, he's praying for them. God, help them turn to you. Samuel was a man who was a... He influenced repentance. He preached repentance. He preached turning to God. And he said, I'm going to be here even in your lowest. Even when you made a mistake, I'm going to help you. Through the trial. If you're going to be effective for God, you're going to have to realize, hey, you know what? I didn't always do it perfectly. Yeah. Who? Me? Yeah, you. God's been patient with you. You're going to have to be patient with people who make bad choices. Not putting them down. Not laughing at them. Not, not trying to make yourself feel good. Pray and teach and help and influence for good. Somehow... We have stumble and stumble and stumble and God's merciful and God's people are merciful and God has ministry to help you and and build you up and get you back. And and we turn around and cut people off and tear people down every single chance. Come on now. You know what God's going to do? So, so, it ought to bring fear to people. Say, well, that's all under the blood. You know, God will reach out under that blood and pull back your debt. you don't forgive the debt on other people. It's exactly what he said. Already forgiven, if you are watching other people's sins, that's the kind of judgment God said you're going to receive. Forgive me like I forgive others. He said, pray it. Amen. Forgive me in my trespasses. Forgive me in my sins the same way I forgive other people. When was the last time you prayed like that? God, I need your mercy. Give me exactly the mercy I show other people. Come on. Yeah. Jesus said, pray it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he did. Yes, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Yeah. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Yeah. Pray it, he said. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, Same way I forgive everybody that owes me. That's how much mercy I'm... You're not allowed to ask for more. Amen. I want more mercy than what I give. No. you got to make a deposit before you make a withdrawal. That is right. Uh Uh-uh. You're not going to bounce that check. Amen. You can't get any more forgiveness than what you give. Whoo, hallelujah. Maybe we should crawl now. (laughs) We're not done yet. Hallelujah, but it gets it gets better. Hallelujah. First Samuel eight. So this is what was going on when he said, "I'm not going to stop praying for you. I'm not going to stop trying to help you." Praise the Lord. I heard, help me, Jesus. I, I heard some preaching here recently. Preacher said, somebody that. Left church and did him dirty. Met him. They crossed paths somewhere in a parking lot somewhere. And the man was all messed up and looked like he had just just crawled out of a mess. I don't know. He just looked like he was doing so badly. He said, Preacher, I, I messed up. I did wrong. I hate how I treated you. I hate how I treated the church. I'm so sorry. Can I come back? And the preacher said, I'll pray about it. But he said, I already knew I wasn't going to let him back. There's nobody walking this earth that I could say that to. I don't care how bad. I've been hurt. I've been hurt bad. I've been done dirty like you've been done dirty. Sure. I, this is this is a house of reconciliation. This is a house where we're going to do everything we can. Now, not everybody's going to get saved. But we're going to do our best to get people there. And once we make it personal. Amen. We're not, we're not doing God's work. This has got to be His kingdom, not ours. So when Samuel was saying, "I'll still teach you the good and the right way," I'll still pray for you. I'd be sinning against God if I stopped praying for you. It was because of this. In First Samuel eight, this great man of God that that loved people, served God, had integrity. The Bible says. In verse chapter 8, verse 19, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. See, Samuel was their judge. Samuel was the prophet. And uh, he was leading them, teaching them, ministering to them. And it says, Nay, but we will have a king over us that we may also be like all the nations. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. God was doing something amazing in their midst. He gave them the leadership that was godly, that was righteous, that cared about people, but but was not going to bend or bow to their will. And they looked around and said, hey, we've got a prophet leading us, judging us. All these other nations, they've got kings. We want to have kings, too. We want to have a king, too. Their whole, isn't that like a lot of Christians today? They, they want to. They're so afraid to to not fit in and be like the rest of the world. When God's called you out, to me it's it's no different than you know a a soldier walking through a store or an airport or down the street with a uniform on. It doesn't, oh, somebody's going to see me. I'm so different. No, they're going to walk with their head held high. They feel like they've got a position that is elite. Amen. They're not ashamed of that. They're not saying, oh, I'm different than everybody else. They're different because they've been called out to something. Child of God, you've been called out. You don't need, you need to be that salt. You need to show that difference. You need to have that light in your life. Amen. You oughtn't worry about all that. You need to tell other people you need what I have. Amen. They said we want a king. Samuel said, hold your finger there in in chapter 8, but chapter 12. He's getting ready to tell them we're going to give you a king. But he speaks to them. He said, Behold, here am I, chapter 12, verse 3. Witness against me before the Lord and before His anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose ass have I taken? Whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed? Or whose hand have I received any bribe to blind my eyes therewith? And I'll restore it to you. He says, Show me where I've done you anything but God's will. He stands before them and says, Testify against me. They're saying, we don't want you to be our leader. We want a king. We want to be like the other nations. He said, what have I done but teach you and pray for you and try to help you? Testify now. Tell me what I've taken. Tell me what I've done to try to, that you could bribe me, that you could change my mind. Hey, a a man of God can't be manipulated. Can't be bullied. Amen. Because he's going to stand before God. That's the way every one of us ought to be. Yeah. Going to stand my ground and do the will of God. Yeah. Yeah. Back in 1 Samuel 8. After they asked for a king and said they wanted to be like other nations, it says the thing displeased Samuel. Verse, chapter 8, verse 6. When they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, "Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them." We talk about Samuel's integrity, his level of leadership. Talked about his words, talked about his his prayers and his patience with God's people to not cease to pray for them and teach them. But Samuel was not appreciated. And I want to end this today with this message to you, that when you do all that you can to serve God and live for God, that it is is—it's sincere. It's true blue. You're, you're, you're saying what you know you need to say. You're not perfect. But you're doing all you can to live for God. Amen? You fail... You, you make it right and get back up again and just serve God amen you're not always going to be appreciated thank God thank God for just a beautiful beautiful unity that we have in this church but you're going to have to be able to live for God when you're not appreciated you love people and it hurts it hurts a lot it's a lot easier not to care People, ah, oh, I don't carry a burden. I don't care about people. I just—that's there. That's an easy way out to not connect with hearts and lives. It's easy because it hurts to love people. It's in the book of Psalms as well as in Paul's writings. Says the more I love, the less I am loved, and that is—that's the cross Jesus carried. Amen. It's a cross many of us will have to carry. Samuel loved them, brought them the best of the will of God that he could, and they rejected him. And God had to tell Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. You make sure you're walking with God, giving him your best, so that they can say that, that God can say that to you. But you're going to have to recognize it's not always easy. It's not always easy. You're going to love people. You're gonna serve people. You're gonna do all you can to help them. And and people can hurt you. Amen. If you're gonna be Christ like, you're gonna be hurt in the house of your friends. Don't be bitter, don't give up, don't get don't back up, don't settle into a hard shell of of just coping with it. To, uh, I'm not gonna love again. You've got to just Come to God and let him be able to help you like he helped Samuel. He said, Samuel, they haven't rejected you. It's not about you. It's about me. Your whole life was about me. Listen, our, our walk with God is, is a continual checking our hearts. Let's be honest. There's times we do feel the hurt. There's times we want to be liked. There's times we want people to appreciate us. There's nothing odd about that. But we have to always be saying, God, let this be about you. We always have to be checking our motives. We do. We have to. We have to be honest about that. We have to say, God, I know. I, I would really like to. I, I want to see all of these people just lined up on the on, on all these rows next to me that I can uh, that I can bring them to church. And sometimes they just it doesn't happen like that. And You have got to be able to say, God, I. Help me make sure it's about you, right? Samuel Samuel felt that hurt. Samuel felt that personal sting of their rejection. And God told him, it's not about you, it's about me. And sometimes we have to recognize that in our lives. Sometimes we have to realize, God, help me. Help me when, when it gets tough. Help me when I have to make tough decisions. Help me when I have to see the disappointment in their faces because it's not going to be easy for them, so they're going to take the easy way. Amen? To say, God, um, I just want to do your will. Amen? He wasn't appreciated. and Sometimes we're not going to be appreciated. He wasn't, uh, even though he loved them, he wasn't feeling the love at that time. But he said, I'm not going to give up loving you. And God, I'm going to find my strength in your presence. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Like I told you, this is about... Helping us grow into a place of being effective for God. And there's a lot of people that really take the easy way. They take the way of least resistance. It's not easy to grow up in God. To take responsibility for His kingdom. It's not easy sometimes being... Somebody that's got to stand when everybody else is bowing. All the justification can run through your mind. Maybe like some that day before the idol in Babylon. Well, I'm not really going to bow. I'm not really, sir. I'll pray to God, but I'll still fit in and I won't ruffle any feathers. But today, we're living in this godless culture. It's time for Christians to stand up and affect those around us. Not everybody's going to receive it. Not everybody's going to appreciate it. But I want to be standing with Jesus. I want to be standing with Him. I want my the words that I speak to be in tune with the words of my heart and my mind.
1: See,
0: we have the ability to to sing words of praise and be thinking things against our brother and sister. We have the ability to to sing songs of worship, maybe even speak in tongues and worry in our minds and our hearts at the same time. I want my focus, my heart, my mind, my spirit, my words to be one. I don't want my words to just fall to the ground. I want them to carry weight. I want to... Pray for people. Pray and teach them and lead them and affect lives in a way that God works through it. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. I pray for each one here today. I pray that, Lord, Your anointing would be upon a consecrated people. An anointing that would be seen and felt by family members. There would be encouragement to the weak. Direction to the lost. Lord, that we would be effective for your kingdom. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand and just lift our hands to Him. I love you, God. He's going to help you. He's going to help you. It's just step by step growing. But it's time to look at our lives and take, take things seriously. We're so spoiled in this generation. we got so, so much so good. And it's time to dig in and take, take up the load and start being a laborer for the kingdom of God. I thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. God, we thank you for your presence here today. Thank you Lord for just everything we've we've heard, we've felt, God. And just bless your people now. Give us your strength. Give us your help, God, and just direct us. Help us to carry this with us, Lord, and to to be doers of your word, Lord. We love you. Lord, we ask you just keep us safe as we travel again. We pray for Sister Brenda, Lord, that you just give her, Lord, rest tonight. God, help her with this recovery. Let it just be miraculous, God. And, Lord, we just give you all the glory, all the thanks. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.